You are listening to the Chompcast, an official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. Thanks for taking time out of your crazy life to make time for ours. And remember, if you dig what we do, you can go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. Look for our VIP tier. Um, our patrons mean the world to us. We have a huge show today. Uh, sneaking into your hearts, your minds, and in Fish's case, hopefully, your panties, we have a full-blown Sekiro Shadows Die Twice Spectacular. I see Josh shaking his head over there in disgust. That's right. Um, we have all sorts of uh, Sekiro talk from the full crew here. Um, we also asked the Instagram community about the popularity of the Dark Souls games as the topic of the show. How basically it spawned a new genre. You know, we see all those Souls-alike games popping up all over the place. Um, so we have our early impressions of Sekiro, topic of the show, talks about the Dark Souls impact on gaming, uh, and we have a bunch of fun polls to run down as well that are voted on by you, the Instagram community, at Swordchomp, on Instagram. Polls such as, being mesmerized by human beauty, waiting for Sekiro reviews before purchase, or are you just jumping right in? Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze? Freezes fish mid-flop? I don't even know what that means, but there's something going on there. Um, all that and more. It's <laughs> a tongue twister. Hmm. Uh, how many fish can you freeze mid-flop? Um, don't miss a single Two. second of this show. Two? Okay. I guess so. Also, this show's going to be full improv uh, because I've been so busy. As Shays arrived here in Montana... Um, I've been so busy, I didn't have time to do any notes, so we get to test our improv. Well, that's not true. I did a little notes. You, you did. You did a little bit of notes. Um, but we improv. That voice right there, of course, is the one and only Professor Layton, Shay Layton, here from Japan, visiting me in Montana, huddled in my little closet, a.k.a. studio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are you doing, Shay? I'm doing really good. Um, your vape doesn't taste great, oh. but that's okay. Thanks a lot. Uh, your Dr. Pepper 10... You know, I've been giving you shit across the world for that. It's actually pretty good. It's good. I, mm. You know what? something? I, I actually kind of like really? it a lot. Whoa. Yeah. What, what, what huh. do they use there? Is that sucralose? It's got to be like something made out of sugar for it to not taste like uh, complete it's, shit. It's just high fructose corn, corn syrup, oh, no. caramel flavor. Oh, I'm just going to read the ingredients. <laughs> you no, know, it's right here, Shay. It's on the front. It says, 10 bold tasting calories. That's what they use. It has phenylalanine. <laughs> There it is. Which what does that mean, mm. Fish? That means that that makes your dick smaller, I think. Pretty sure. <laughs> I can't go. I can't that's go why he buys small. cases of it. That makes so much sense now. <laughs> Gotta keep it small. It's not getting any smaller. Um, but yeah, toy? it's funny. <laughs> he, 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 yeah, never mind. We're... <laughs> oh Josh, come on. You always tease us with that. Like, eh. You're okay, going in the okay. wrong direction, but yeah, we'll work. Okay. Anyway, that's that's what she said. You're going. To... <laughs> <laughs> You're going. In... Mm. It's very cold in Montana. Going inward. Uh, <laughs> it's very cold. It's a climate thing. Uh, you know, I just. Ooh, I'm sweating in here. Is it suddenly it's getting warm? Uh, yeah, but funny story. When my we played shit, you should tell him the joke we played on my daughter when she came in today. Oh yeah, so. Uh... His family was eating Wendy's as uh, I came over, and his daughter was hanging out with her friends. And so he's like, oh, you should tell her that you're the new dad. And I was like, all right, got to go hide. So she came home like three minutes later, and um, he went hid in the kitchen. And she comes in, she's like, hello. And I was like, hey, Brindley, I'm your new dad. 
And she's like, what? And I was like, yeah, we sent Morgan to Japan. And I'm going to be here now. I'm your new family. And she's like, no way. Where's Hmm. my dad? I was like, I told you, he's in Japan. And she's like, well, why do I see his shoes? And I was like, oh, I gave him the traditional Japanese shoes. You know, those little wooden shoes that they wear? He has to wear those now. And she's like... She's just staring. Yeah, she's like... Very perplexed. She's like, what the hell is going on? Mm. But um, she didn't really fall for it. But it was pretty funny. It was amusing. She started looking around. Mm. She was hunting around. She she was. Uh. I wouldn't let that go on too long. I don't want to scar her for life. (laughs) Daddy's gone. Uh, He's back in Japan. It's true. She won't want to have a real dad. Mm. No, she wouldn't. It was funny, though. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm He's joking. clearly a good father. But yeah, it was really funny. Fish, you'd be jealous. Shay brought me a keychain with Squall on it. Oh. Was that supposed to be my present if I hadn't <laughs> yeah. been up there? He can't ever deliver it to you. So what'd you get? What's Fish's? I can't tell. I got... So I got it's gifts Ganondorf? for all three of you guys. <laughs> Sadly, no. I wasn't that forward thinking. But no, I got you guys Christmas gifts, and then I was just too lazy to send them out. So I figured while I'm here in the U.S., it'll be much cheaper to send. So yeah, your probably. Guys will be, Yay, your guys cool. will be going out Monday or Tuesday. I'm not going to tell you which I got you guys, but I think you guys are both going to enjoy it. Yeah, hell yeah. He was too lazy to send them, so he decided to travel. Put him under the, the Christmas country. tree before we, uh, before I unwrap it. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Don't they get a Christmas present in uh, April? <laughs> Dude, I I gave my my little brothers their Christmas present last night. I felt so bad, but. I got them like these really nice chopsticks, so they're pretty thrilled. My little brother was trying to use them right. this morning to eat cereal. And I was like, <laughs> "Whatever you nice. gotta do, son." Mm-hmm. This has become the tradition. Everyone comes down here. We podcast in my closet, but we learned from the last time you're here. We got the door open, yes. so we're not boiling. It's not yes. middle of the summer. Uh, yeah. Um. So don't wear a long sleeve shirt. Nope. Didn't no have one. sex right before. No, we started that gets your blood pumping. Uh, you didn't have sex last time. I just watched. So. But it's I true. still got my blood racing. It's true. Your dog was pretty uh, forthcoming oh. on that. <laughs> oh, no. You just broke fish. Uh, but, yeah, glad to have you here. Speaking of which. Fish uh, just realized Filipino- that was an option. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what? Uh, why didn't I do that while I was there? <laughs> Goodbye, socks. <laughs> Speaking of socks. Um. Oh, we'll, do, we'll do the ad later. We'll do the ad later. <laughs> but, no, we did the um, But, yeah. Uh, Fish is here, the Filipino Johnny Depp, of course, um, from Texas. And Fish, I was thinking about this, you know, in Sekiro, shadows die twice, but uh, I think he might have them beat because the soulless husk is dead inside from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So how about that? Shadows are eternal. Or husk are eternal. Husk are, husk are eternal. Can a husk become, what if you di- you're dead inside, you died, and then you became a shadow? Three deaths. Huh. Huh. To be fair, though, husks are the easiest thing to kill in Mass Effect. Uh, that, that's, that's true. true. Yeah. Hmm. When I think about a husk, I think of like just a little shell, like those little cicada bugs that I used to find in Florida that would just cicada. Like, oh God. <laughs> cicada. So I can correct cicada. you in person now. No. <laughs> just whisper it to you. Cicada. That's that's why I had the professor. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think of like I think of the flood when I think of. Uh, husks. husks, yeah. I think of the flood in Halo. Hmm. And how they look like, like they're like the tiniest things in the game, and it just it fits fish so perfectly because his penis is the tiniest one among <laughs> us in the podcast. You just said <laughs> that is not true. 
Uh, Josh is trying to hold it in. <laughs> Let it out, Josh. Let it out. Fish is still adamantly denying that one to the end. That's okay. He has the BAC. Hmm. He has the micro BAC. Oh, MBAC. Oh, sounds like an organization I don't want to be a part of. The Dawn of Underground. I don't want to be a member of that one. <laughs> they just I, all gather around in the shadows. I hear it has a very short list. But dun Fish is just shell shocked right now. But we got to be nice to Fish. He did. He did do well in Smash Brothers. He before. whipped on my ass in Smash Brothers right before this. Make Fish feel better. <laughs> he did a really good job. He takes a lot of. Uh, he did. A lot of I was, I was, I didn't tell Morgan this. I was trying so hard not to get frustrated. <laughs> trying so hard, like, well, you, feel all the rage. You're playing at a disadvantage. I mean, never even played the game really, so right. you're yeah. just jumping in there, just having. That was fun. his first time. Yeah, yeah. I figured I'd let you like get your bearings in the game and like know all the moves and it's everything. True. But you, you let me, you let me mess around with Mega Man long enough. So mm-hmm. we can talk yeah. about that. Now one. there's only eight thousand other characters you can try. That's true. <laughs> so mm-hmm. You yep. find the one that's for you. It's true. And fish will not back away from cloud. It's he just like it's just like video game Tinder. <laughs> yeah. Swipe left. Whenever you don't like them. Or is it swiping swiping left no. is bad, right? Yeah. Okay. Gonna, right, uh, fish? Smash right. Smash right. <laughs> <laughs> Smash me to the right. Just a little t- I've never had yeah, anyways. Uh thanks for being here, Fish. Uh Joshua Fowler joins us from Michigan, of course. The Jimmy Rustler. Now, Josh, I remember going back. I didn't have anything too comedic here, but I do remember back in the original Dark Souls dropped, you initially were not a huge fan, but I remember watching your love for Dark Souls bloom back in our older podcast, mm. way back in the day. Uh, and so much so yeah. that well, you ended up changing it to your game of the year many years later. I think you're confusing. I didn't like Demon Souls when it first came out because we played that originally on SBT, and I just I never got into that one. Um, because it was the same sort of grueling combat, mm-hmm. um, but it kind of had like self-contained levels that you went through, which isn't necessarily bad, but it was kind of the the exploration is what was so interesting to me that it kind of forced it, it pulled me through the tough as nails combat until I actually got good at it. Um, but I just I wasn't feeling the draw. Didn't didn't feel the pull on on Demon Souls. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Every nook and cranny of that world. That's true. That's a good point. And uh, and then it, a love affair bloomed from there. Mm-hmm. And then Dark uh, Josh actually convinced me, General Mountain Time, <laughs> to get uh, from Montana to get Bloodborne, and that was a crucial point in my life. And then I convinced Fish to get Bloodborne, mm-hmm. and it, we were just running a Bloodborne train, really, one after another. Uh, it was a good time. It's like the oh, human yeah. centipede of video games. Yeah, mm-hmm. sort of. I'm surprised there's nothing like that in Bloodborne. Like a, some sort of a human centipede mach- machination. Because there's a bunch of demented, twisted shit mm. in those games. I still need to play that game fully. You do? It was free on the PS... You know, on PS Plus, do you? Yeah. No, I um, did. I did. I got rid of it. We need to get mm-hmm. him a copy of Bloodborne. It's fun. Uh, we do. Play it off, of, off of you. Because you own it. You know what? I have a physical copy. You could take it back with you. Just take it with you. If you play it. If you take it and you never play it, I'm just going to be sad. It did take me like a year to play No Man's Sky. I don't. I don't have a strong... <laughs> yeah, Bloodborne strong... is one that's worth playing and, and buying the DLC. Because the DLC, oh, the DLC is was real really good, good in, mm-hmm. in Bloodborne as well. The cool thing about Bloodborne, as it kind of segues into our topic of the show, is that you could 
uh, if you got really stuck, you could kind of grind your way around some of the rough edges, which was nice. You could go, you know, just mm -hmm. kill monsters over and over again, take their blood echoes, go back and save and spend that on like minor upgrades. So like if there was a boss where you felt like just having a little more HP, like when at the beginning of that game, I took a couple hours to just grind just to get me through that first boss hump. Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> the first boss hump is, is vital. Um, don't, yeah. don't forget. He's got to pound away at that boss. Yeah, to you beat really it. do. Um, even though the boss is not too hard, you just kind of stand under his legs. Yeah, and you don't want to parry, you just want to thrust, thrust, thrust into that boss. Um, speaking of which, Bopopolis. Don't let me forget that fish, Bopopolis. Uh, so, <laughs> it sounds like a porno, Bopopolis. No, that's real, that's a Donkey Kong thing. What kind of fucking porn are you watching? Bopopolis? Um, anyways, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> it's real dark. But the point is, um, that kind of got me just through. Just the greekest and... of porns. <laughs> just so fucking Greek. My big fat Greek Bopopolis. <laughs> um, oh man, I just had a real bad joke that I will not say. Um, but fish can see it in my eyes. Fish knows it. Um, anyways, that will be a nice topic for Sekiro later because Sekiro is very different in that regard as far as the grinding and stuff goes. But the topic of the show is interesting. I, I, something I wanted to talk about with you guys because the Dark Souls games sort of spawned this whole genre of souls alike, you know, everything from like salt and sanctuary. Um, and of course I had a list prepared and now they're all escaping me, but I'll pull it up. And all, all these <laughs> other clones of, of, and you always hear people comparing games like, Oh, it's sort of like this meets dark souls. It almost gets annoying sometimes. Everyone wants to fucking compare shit to dark souls, but that's yeah. the impact those games. Have. Yeah. It, ca um, it got out of hand for a while there. Cause they were just calling anything that was difficult at all. The dark souls of something. Mm -hmm. And and that was not fair. There are a lot of games that take the leveling mechanics of Dark Souls and like take take a lot of the actual mechanics of it instead of just making it difficult. And I, I think there is actually a genre there now, but for a long time it was just anytime somebody thought something was hard, yeah. they just attached that to it, which was kind of ridiculous. I feel like if anything, they should be comparing it to the Aladdin game or the Lion King <laughs> game from the Genesis and SNES mm -hmm. era. Because those yeah. games, those yeah. games are fucking hard. Yeah. Mm hmm. But it's like the like they Halo were hard, battle toads. terrible. So <laughs> true. True. <laughs> That's the difference, I think. But true. I still love those games. Still love them. I, or do I? Sometimes I wonder, you know, do I actually love it? Anyways, that's a topic for a whole other show. Um, we should but, do that. <laughs> just talk about all the, all the horrible. Anyways, um, as far as like Souls-like games that have been spawned, you had like Neo um, was a big one that Shay got into as well. Um, actually just came out recently. And there's going to be a Neo 2. That one is more like Dark Souls meets Diablo as it was cloned. Um, there's a soul, if you can browse souls like games on steam and you just get ton, I'm looking at it right here, Lords of the Fallen, Salt and Sanctuary, Death's Gambit, Immortal Planet, The Surge. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Like you could make a case that they spawned a genre, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Interesting. For sure. Mm -hmm. Um, so the first thing I want to do, I, I want to, well, this is a little different, but the comments we have from our at Swordchomp Instagram community are so good that I think they'll be fun to bounce off of earlier than normal. But I want to go around Robin here and and just touch base briefly on your your all experience with the series, like what you the games that have clicked for you, maybe and things maybe you don't like about it, or you like about it as as briefly as you can. Now, Josh, I'm gonna throw it to you first. We already touched on your um how you came around from Dark Souls uh, because of the exploration elements. Uh, and you enjoy Bloodborne, but when you think about that series to you, like what stands out to you? Um, 
I think the biggest thing is just the fairness of the mechanics. Um, as far as everything is, it's it, you can tell exactly how everything is going to behave, um, like on a physical mechanics level. Whenever you see it, like you might not know different move, you know, sets that a new enemy will have. Yeah. Um, but you know the physics are going to work on them the exact same way, which is why in like the Souls games and Bloodborne, you'll get into spots where you can kill a boss by pushing them off a cliff or something, um, because they can die from fall damage just like you can, um, which leads to some some cheesy moments. But for the most part, it's just it it lets you feel like the world makes sense. Um, yeah, like it just, it's like it, consistent. It, yeah, it's, it's yeah, so consistent yeah. that it just it roots you into the place a lot, um, which I think is really cool. Um, so between that and then, like, the exploration wasn't as core to begin with, but I feel like that really, really helps the series a lot. I feel like once moving from Demon Souls to Dark Souls and making the world completely interconnected was a big deal. Um, and they've kind of they've backtracked on that a decent amount, but not completely. Uh, yeah. For example, like Bloodborne has locations that aren't really connected to other places. Uh, Dark Souls Two kind of had like this, um, you know, hub and spoke type level system where everything's connected to the middle but then there's not a lot of interconnectedness going on. Um, but for the most part, it's... it's like Kind of like I was saying with the, the way the mechanics just make you feel like you're in the world, the, just the worlds themselves make sense. Like, you don't have a lot of completely nonsensical level designs. Like, they'll have fantastical stuff, stuff that doesn't make sense, like, from... You know, like an art direction kind of a thing. Yeah, 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 but but like it, like you understand it. Like you can look at it and understand kind of. All right, what that's what's going on here. Yeah, um, that was the cool thing with like when I first started playing Bloodborne was just like I remember one time I was just bashing a bunch of crates in this weird corner of this area, and mm-hmm. when I bashed the last couple of crates, there was a fucking ladder, and I was like, oh my god! And the ladder mm-hmm. took me down to this whole weird area that took me to this like sewer system. I'm like, this is yeah. fucking. Oh my this god! Is crazy. Yeah, the sewers in Bloodborne are probably one of my favorite like not not the section itself but but as far as a shortcut goes like once you discover the sewers and realize that the city is even more vertical than it looked and like anywhere you looked down and saw like sewers beneath you oh you can go there it's just like just this realization um and there's a lot of that in the original dark souls as well like the first town you go to you can look way down into the sewers and it's a place you can go but it's just it's information that you don't really have at first um, until later on. And it just, it, it reframes everything you've seen so far and makes it more significant, I guess. Uh, There's also a horrifying giant pig in the sewers that just, mm-hmm. like, those games were filled, <laughs> whenever you first get into them, they're fi- because the game is so difficult, you're filled with these moments where something random happens, but it's twice as scary because you're, like, mm-hmm. clinging to every soul and every shred of health, and you're walking out, and this giant, like, 30-foot pig is running at you, and you're like, what the... F-? It's, like, yeah. it's creepy and yeah. horrifying and weird, but... They, they have a good way of marking landmarks with enemies that will just rock your shit. 
like uh, in in Dark Souls, they've got the the bridge, like the big bridge that has the the red dragon on it. Um, yeah, I remember that. And then yeah. the there's a similar like raised walkway, kind of running through the middle of the city in Bloodborne that has those two werewolves on it. Um, and those guys are just always difficult. Like even at the end of the game, you know. That walkway is a shortcut to everywhere in the city, but it has mm-hmm. those two werewolves on it, and so you have to eventually learn how to kill them without just being destroyed constantly. And they are some of the toughest enemies in the game, as far as just so many movement types. There's they're just they're vicious, and there's two of them. So I always ran past them. <laughs> <laughs> during the, the dur- during the start of like that run like when mm-hmm. i first encountered them i was like I-, I could just bypass this i'm gonna run past these guys i don't feel like i'm wanting to <laughs> fuck with these guys mm-hmm. but that, that's yeah. kind of the beauty of like dark souls as well is like exploration and the fact that there's so many different branching points that you are given and shortcuts that you open up and to where eventually you feel like this this town this city actually makes sense as far as like design goes like yeah that's one thing that i really liked about bloodborne was like there there was a moment where i went up this clock tower and it was a bitch to go all the way up to the top but once you get to the top like you're rewarded with like this beautiful view of yarnum and like you could look at all the different areas you could pinpoint oh there's a graveyard Mm -hmm. i was just there like a couple hours ago and then you can look at the bridge like it's just fascinating to see all these different landmarks and they're actually places that you go and they actually connect to the places that you will be going and stuff like that and like I don't know, it really gives you that sense that you're rooted deep into that world, which I totally enjoy. And like that yeah. was one thing that I really noticed in at least Bloodborne because I didn't play the previous uh, Souls games other than um, Dark Souls Three, uh, which I enjoyed as well. But <clears throat> yeah, Bloodborne was my entry into that, and like I really loved their location yeah. and everything. Yeah, Yarnum is just great. It's like probably one of the best locations in all mm-hmm. of gaming as far as, as far as just being a completely realized city. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like a gothic castle type of setting. And, mm-hmm. Well, and yeah. that, I remember it's funny because when I first tried to get Fish into it, he was just like, because I, I won't re- push Fish on a game unless I'm confident in it because I know there's things that we just won't like. Um, but I'm just yeah. like fish. You gotta try. You gotta fucking try. It. And then finally, he's like, "All right, I'll f- I'll try it." And I remember the first night, he was like, "Ah, he's pretty pissed at it." But mm-hmm. he wasn't completely turned off. But he was. I could tell he was hovering. Mm. He was like on the fence where he was like, "Ah," because you know he started messing around with just some of those first couple enemies that were really because you get fascinated by the really big, weird, tough enemies because you know you can beat them, but you know they kind of kill you and fuck with you, and you're just yeah. like. Ah. I know. I just want to see, and then you'll finally kill him, and you're like, "Oh, that wasn't really worth it." But at the same time, that itch in the back of your brain, you know, you had to satisfy it. Yeah, um, you get you get a you get a sense of satisfaction whenever you actually come across an enemy that you feel like maybe you shouldn't be fighting it. That you're not high enough level, or you don't have the experience, or the yeah. weapons, or the tool set, and mm-hmm. yet it, it you know that you can defeat him with what you have because. The game developer did indeed put that enemy there. Yeah. Um it, it feels like it, they definitely like take the time to make sure that anything you come across is beatable. You just have to figure out 
uh, through your own playstyle how to encounter those fights and stuff like that, which I, I like. It, there, there's like there's a varying degrees of how you can encounter each enemy in that game, and like depending on what types of weapons you choose, like it the, the RPG elements of that game just make total sense, and they're not just like stat based. Even though there is stats in that game, like, and you could fill out your stamina bar or your health bar and stuff like that, having like that much customization in an RPG uh, lets you feel it kind of empowers you a little bit to know what you want out of your character, which is yeah. something that I also enjoy in, in the yeah. Soul series. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, me and Fish messaged each other back and forth for like a month about that game. It was fun, it was a fun time. Um, just still trying different weapons. I remember you were big on the Ludwig, um, the Holy what was Blade, it called? yeah, Lud- the, yeah, Ludwig the Holy Blade, I believe. Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah. yeah, that that was one cool thing about Bloodborne that I really enjoyed was that there was like essentially you had two different weapons with the weapon that you choose because there was you can yeah I forgot what they called it but uh, essentially trick weapons. Yes, yeah, because yeah, there was like a cane that you could change into a whip. There was um yeah. there was a bone saw which was on the cover art and everything. You could turn from a little short range weapon, fast attack to a big attacking cleaver. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, like they essentially took the whole, you know, single wield or dual wield mechanic that's in the earlier games and in a ton of other games as far as Oh, I'll just dual wield this and, or, you know, I'll, I'll use two hands and have a lot stronger hit. And they mm-hmm. just cranked it up to 11. Like, instead well, and, of doing like, that, just transform the entire move set between, you know, the two different styles of the weapon, whenever you transform it. And in interesting ways, too, like, just like art direction wise, like, my favorite weapon was like the Kirkhammer. It was literally a blade that sheathed inside the handle of a giant fucking hammer. Mm-hmm. It was just like, they had a, like, just a lot of cool stuff like that. We are like, okay, they're having fun with this in like a video game-ass video game way. Mm-hmm. Um, that stuff's great. You tell we have a lot of love for Bloodborne here. Now, Shay is a little bit more of a virgin to this series. We forced him to play like, what, 45 minutes of Bloodborne uh, just because. Yeah, like the first boss, first major boss. <clears throat> and you did you didn't play any of the Dark Souls, Demon Souls games? No, Demon Souls when it first came out, I heard it was just really hard, and that didn't really sell me on anything, so I never played it. And the Dark Souls, I always heard they were good, but I think that was those games were really popular around the time I was going to college, so I was less about playing games that um, were kind of outside of my wheelhouse, and more about the games that I knew I would typically like, which is what I would play. So I never ended up making it around to the Dark Souls. Um, always wanted to. And then the first game in this vein that I actually kind of played was uh, Neo. Mm-hmm. And Neo, for me, is really... I wanted to play it because, you know, it was based in Japan, which obviously, uh, if anyone doesn't know at this point, I do have a little bit of an affinity for Japan. And so I, you know, I wanted to kind of, I wanted to see what these kind of games were like. And so I, uh, I, I bought Neo and I played it and it's, I need to get back to it. I think I only got through the first three levels, but those type of games are a lot of fun, but they are holy fuck frustrating. And I don't know, 
how much patience I have for those type of games because, uh, man, Neo made me very, very angry multiple times. But it's fun. <laughs> it's just well, and Neo was based around loot too, which is very different than right. a lot of those Souls-like games. Right. But when we when I played Bloodborne at your house, it was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. Um, but well, yeah. it was a condensed. I mean, like you were a trooper, but I mean, if you think about a game like that, you were playing with people watching. It was a condensed time frame. You're not in your comfort of your own home. You know. You, those yeah. those things is just a tough to sample sometimes. It's true. It's true. That's I think that's a game where you sit down and you play it, and it's not like a quick burner, obviously. So I mean, I got a crash course into it, which you I think for those yeah. type of games, can't really crash course. In those <laughs> it's games. tough. Yeah. 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 I can yeah. see the appeal though. I will say that, uh, especially Bloodborne. Bloodborne has such a rich uh, environment, and it has very specific tone which i like about that game and it's the same with neo neo has a very specific tone to the game um i feel like bloodborne's environment was a little bit richer um in terms of quality and what's going on in it than neo but neo's environment is still really cool too what you guys are talking about you can discover like secret areas there are many different ways you can get to the the main main chamber the main area you're wanting to fight so I mean, it has it has that quality to it. I, I think Bloodborne does it better, but um, both those games, yeah, they're fantastic games, for, especially for what little I experienced of Bloodborne. There, it's interesting because the the thing about Bloodborne that's fascinating is it. I, th- I think it's fair in saying it pulled in a larger audience than before. Um, number one, because it shed the Dark Souls name, so it didn't have that stigma necessarily, even though people who followed it knew it was from software, but. It focused on aggression a little more. It rewarded yeah. aggression, um, which is is an interesting playstyle. You know, like it rewards you by being a little braver instead of just constantly hanging back, shielding, watch. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think that they keep on pushing that farther and farther to the front. Um, they do. Yeah, with... Sekiro really feels like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To be like with you. yeah, Sekiro. You can block with your sword, but it's not a great strategy. Um, because anytime you're blocking, your movement just gets completely destroyed. Like you just you your can posture. barely move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, not yeah. not even There's... just that. Like you you can barely move when you're blocking. Like you just start moving right. so slowly. Um, yeah, your character is kind of animated, locked, and he's being pushed back yeah. essentially. Yeah, yeah, and and blocking stuff is the same kind of system as um um the other Souls games where like it's 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 its own variants of it, but it's essentially the same thing. Like you run out of stamina, one of you're blocking something, and you'll just get, you know, uh, essentially just knocked down. Like you just can't do anything until your stamina completely recharges. Yeah, um, I, one thing I read is, uh, you know, if you get like a five game kill streak, then you remove the ability to be stuck in the mud when you're blocking. I'm just making shit up. I was mm-hmm. like, what the? <laughs> I was just making shit up. Five game character. Is that Call of Duty what? joke? Yeah. Oh, was no. Of, that was Call of Duty joke. <laughs> uh, and uh, if you get a 20 game kill streak, <laughs> you get the helicopter. No, that's the nine. That's not seven. Seven. You get the helicopter. Mm-hmm. What is 20? What 20 is the nuke? The nuke. You get the nuke. You get a 20 game kill streak. Mm. I thought it was 20 kills in one game, not 20 games. <laughs> no, yeah, 20, 20 in one game. Did I say 20 game? 20 yeah. in one game. That is what I meant. 10, this whole 20 time. kill. Hey, you really botched that one. <laughs> Just, <laughs> uh, it's okay. You can tell I clearly still play Call of Duty. Uh, mm. you, oh, do you? No. 
You you evolved to Apex Legends. That's right. <laughs> I've went from paid game to free game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you uh, go. And all the stigma's gone. It's cool to like Apex Legends. It is, but I suck at it, and uh, Fish can attest to that. Yeah, you get real frustrated in that game as well. He gets mad. <laughs> it, it, it's comical though. I enjoy it. Just wait until Shay finally gets a switch, and if he gets Smash Brothers, it's just going to be like throwing a switch all over the yeah. place. That'd yeah, you need to get a switch That's so we can play some Smash together, and then also, we still really need some sort of cross-play so I can play some Apex with you guys. I, I still don't know if it's going to happen, because it seems like they're going for a more competitive yeah. crowd. But I think they... Yeah, I, I, I hope I think, they do. I think they will at some point. Yeah. I thought they were going to do it with this first season. I thought they were going to introduce it, but that's a conversation we can have later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tangential though, but yes, that is sort of the basic. And like I'm with you guys, Bloodborne was the game that turned me around, um, just because of the setting. I was so curious to see what all the weird shit in that world, and that kind of helped pull me through the difficulty early areas. And just the fact that I could grind if I needed to. I'm a little worried because Sekiro doesn't allow you to do that. But I'm too early on to really see if that's going to be an issue for it's me. True, it's just a tutorial. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's. There's some really good comments here from the community. That's why I think it'd be fun to continue this topic. As we bounce off of these. Now, every Thursday at Swordchomp on Instagram, you can chime in, and we will perhaps read your comment on the show and discuss it, because we want to have the most you know, active community out there as far as uh, podcasts go. I know you'll get a couple emails here and there in other podcasts, but no, we're going to bring you into the show, all right? If your comment's good enough. I'm like, last week, uh, Hakuna Matata, our good friend, left a comment and we ripped him apart. <laughs> he messaged me about that privately. I felt so bad. He's like, dude, you guys fucking tore me apart. He's like, yeah, I wrote that comment in like five seconds. So I was like, I knew you had, which is why we gave you some shit. And he's like, he called me a cum bubble after that. So Ooh, I never heard that one before. Hmm. Um, that seems like a cool thing. It'd be special to have a cum bubble. Yeah, eh, I suppose. But you'll understand say, when you're older. <laughs> when you're older, son. Um, but he, he wanted redemption. Hakuna Matata, one of our VIP patrons, said, I think although games have become more impressive in terms of gameplay and visuals, they've also gotten easier over time. Many games from the 90s were brutal and unforgiving with tough type of fair gameplay. You never felt cheated. Mm-hmm. When you died, you knew why and you can improve on it. I think the Soulsborne games go back to that style of relentless difficulty and it leaves the player feeling rewarded and accomplished after winning whereas most games lack that old-school feeling. Better comment this week, fuckers? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, yes uh-huh. it is. Yes for the short answer. You get an A. Plus. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I, feel like, I feel like some of those older games, though, were incredibly... Like, as we were alluding to with Aladdin and Lion King, some of those games are just really unfair in how brutal they yeah. were. Like, okay. I've, I've talked about it multiple times on the show. I still think the hardest game ever created was that Might and Magic uh, 2 game, Gates to Another World, on the Genesis. And the reason why that game is so hard is because things happen in that game, and it's just completely unfair. Like, you have to know to the exact place yeah. where you need to go. and Certain things will just instantly wipe out your entire party. And if you don't have enough money, you can't revive your party, so you have to create a new party all over again. Um, That shit happens so commonly in that game. And that's just one example. It's an extreme example. But I feel like because the mechanics weren't there to create a more fair gameplay in some some instances, 
mm-hmm. that the gameplay was just in some games was completely completely unfair and it just required you to repetitively play it to get yeah, better to at that arbitrary stuff. thing that would never carry over <laughs> to any other video game and i feel like with these games like the souls genre style games in general not just with dark souls um they've gotten a lot better at making things extremely difficult but fair to a point cuphead mm-hmm. was another one of those and it's not in the same genre but it's one of those modern games that it's very difficult yeah. but it's fair yeah cuphead you know? was one that i initially had complaints with because of a couple of the random elements that got patched out later like uh like a couple of the boss's moves would be like you know it would randomly shoot out in a circle and then you'd have to like dodge around as it did like a spinning thing um, yeah and when the game first came out it would have a chance to just randomly start shooting right at you and you just you couldn't couldn't dodge it and then they eventually patched it so it would never start shooting exactly where you were um yeah yeah and just and they made it much more fair and yeah like i've i've enjoyed my time going back to cuphead um even more than i enjoyed my first time through the game and i really enjoyed the game i just had you know a couple minor minor problems um, that they've just, well, like they've, they've the taken switch. a heart, which is cool. <laughs> um, yeah. The uh, the fairness thing, I think that's 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 it was kind of a mixed bag. There were a lot more fair games earlier on, but there also were a lot of not just unfair, but unfair and unfun in their unfairness type mechanics earlier on. Like like Shay was saying, like thinking back to a lot of the old like adventure games and stuff that were. It was it was a big thing for a long time to have fail states in the game that you would not discover for hours. Like, you, there's no way you could finish the game at this point because you missed some item at the beginning. Like, there's, you, you, you end up with a save that you literally cannot finish the game on. Um, Dude. Yeah, the, one of the examples of that actually is this called this game called Ease mm-hmm. uh, for the Genesis. It was the first game in that series, I believe, the first or second. And what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to like collect six um, major items in the game to win. And the first three, you're wandering around the world. It's very Zelda-esque. Mm-hmm. And you get the first three items, and then you have to go into this dungeon. And you can never leave the dungeon. And it gives you the option to go fight this boss in the game. And you can't fight that boss unless you find one very specific item. But all signs point to going to this boss. But you're really supposed to go get this item. But if you're the boss, there's literally no way to damage this boss. There's no way to escape this area to Mm -hmm. go find the item. And then basically you have to start the game all over again. Yeah. And it's hours. It's not like it's not like minutes. It's not like an hour. It's like 15 20 hours because you have to grind Mm -hmm. which was a main staple in those games too so i know exactly what you're talking about it's funny like you say something like that i can think exact (laughs) exactly what you're talking about in my gaming history like those moments and yeah yeah it's just like those unfair elements to a game that i'm so glad largely don't exist nowadays in modern gaming well it's interesting because we hearken we hearken back to a lot of you know, previous games and previous genres and stuff like that. Um, but we forget about things like that, you know, yeah. that there were those unfair elements. 
Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people took from that and for a long time, kind of like you were saying, we just got easier and easier games because, oh, people don't like these sections where they, you know, have a huge difficulty spike or something, and that they were kind of fixing a problem that we didn't have in a lot of ways. Like, like the problem wasn't that all of a sudden there was something difficult. It was that you could just get screwed out of so much progress for no reason. Like, just right. no reason at all. Yeah. Um, and I don't I think, think it was I looked th- at as heavily or as scrut- with such scrutiny either. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the big thing there because it was the, it was the, a sign of what was going on during the games. Sorry, Fish, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, back then they had cheat codes for a lot of those games as well. Like, those harder games, like I remember in Super Contra, like, there's no way you could get through that game with the the amount of flies that you had first time through. Like, there's no fucking way. It's Twitch-based, and, like, it's super fucking difficult, but it's also fun. Um, It's just that difficulty is just ramped up right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And without putting in that Konami code, like... Like, there's no way you could really enjoy that game, and I feel like cheat codes just slowly died out because, like you guys said, like, games just became more easier and more enjoyable. I think, see, here's my take on it, and then we go, I got another good comment I want to get to. I agree with you guys, but I would say that I feel like a game being fair shouldn't really be that high a praise. I feel like at a basic level, a video game should be fair, you know what I mean? Um... Now I applaud a game that's challenging and fair, but I feel like, or it's 20, you know, 19, I feel like that should be the commonplace. So sometimes when I hear that, I don't disagree with it. I just think it might be a little overblown because, I mean, I don't play games too often now that feel unfair. You know what I mean? Well, I think it's because it's been such a big lesson. Like, enemies were, by and large, not fair for a long, long time. Like, they just, they, a lot of times you get to a boss and they'd completely play by their own set of rules that you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And that only exist right here, right now, um, for this boss to be able to essentially just cheat and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, they don't prepare you with, like, yeah. smaller mechanics that you feel like yeah, and I, I, prepare you for that battle. I don't feel like that happens anymore. Yeah, at least, at least to the same, ex- same extent. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, we have a good comment here from Sham Ryan. Um, Sorry, my phone seized up on me. Shram underscore Ryan says, They are among the last true-to-form adventure games. You start and you're given no information almost. You set out into the unknown. Through adversity and commitment, you begin to understand yourself and how you fit into the narrative. As you dive deeper into the lore and the world, you realize the depth of the detail involved. You start to feel a purpose that the game doesn't feed you. You have the experience by living it. Uh, it's an unbelievable adventure taking to the highest mountain peaks, to the lowest depths and chasms, and in some cases, sewers imaginable. Do that in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you meet friends and enemies along the way that have a real impact on you. Souls are so much more than just hard games. Once you realize what they truly are, they will forever change the way you look at the games you play. Mm-hmm. Perhaps, yeah. I mean, that was the <laughs> thing I think that connected with me and Bloodborne was like, once I saw, like, they they use the tension of difficulty t- to also enhance the surprisingly weirdness of it. Like, there's a there's a dark room in that game where you walk up on, like, this creepy old guy in a wheelchair. And he's just, you're like, what is going on here? It's just, like, all dark and eerie, and it just fits the tone of that game. And you're, you kind of creep over on him. And if I remember right, either blows up or shoots you or something. Um, he shoots you with a blunderbuss. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's he can got just a shoot shotgun. with a blunderbuss. 
Yeah, it's like a one boom. Yeah. And it Yeah, and the first time it happened to me, I was almost dead and I died. But I wasn't even mad. I was like, that's that's kind of cool. And like, you know what I mean? Like Yeah. It just taught me to like kind of be a little more cautious. Mm-hmm. Um and like approaching is a little more curiosity, but also they use the tension of the difficulty um in a in a way to enhance the sort of oddness and eccentric nature of those games. Yeah, um, like, you you really learn the locations because it's, it's important to know where everyone is. It's important to know where all the enemies are because mm. they can all kill you. Like, all of well, them. And, you don't just and run through an area because there's, like, no, no threat there. It's just, you, you, you yeah. have to learn it a lot more. Well, and what's cool, even about a lot of great games from God of War to Red Dead or whatever, like mm-hmm. you remember moments here and there, but like there are situations in, in these games where you remember the exact layout of every enemy, where yeah. they were standing, what was in the room, and it's everywhere. You remember the two werewolves on the bridge, you remember the guy in the wheelchair, you remember the spacing of the, the first sort of shambling creatures you fight, and, mm-hmm. and blood, like you remember all of these little things because getting, it's almost like a combat puzzle. Like, sort mm-hmm. of approaching your environment is like a sort of a mini pu- And then they stick out. And it's like they looked at every environment and made it in a way that it just became so imprinted in your brain when you're through done with it. And that's, that's yeah. cool. You know, a lot of games, mm-hmm. even great games, you're just like, this is just an area where I shot a lot of people, you know? And that's all you remember mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's yeah. cool. Yeah, Bloodborne definitely like, oh, this corner? Guy's gonna pop out from the corner, and I'll be prepared with a nice big slash attack as soon as he pops his head out, like mm-hmm. that type of stuff. Yeah, I like yeah. that. It's, it was it was really cool stuff. Um, or like the pig I was talking about, things like that. Like I always remember the pig in that sewer, like climbing down the the to tower into the sewer, like the way the enemies were placed around there because I didn't want to get knocked off and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just there's just a lot going on in those games. Um, remember where you find items and all that stuff. It just it sticks out like that. Sp- There's this giant spider at the end of Bloodborne that fucking still freaks me the fuck out, dude. <laughs> it's like this. You walk up on this building after this long, like, tough area. And it's like literally right when you walk in the door of this giant, like, this, like, castle or this mansion. And it, this is like, it's like a 50-foot spider hanging from the roof. And there's enemies in that room as well that you have to deal with that um, you have to kind of be careful how you approach them and aggro them and stuff. And it's just horrifying. It's, just impr- it's imprinted in my brain forever. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's cool. But I think that's kind of the, one of the things that Dark Souls 3, like, I like that game a lot. I think I put, like, 10 hours into it. I think the reason I didn't stick with that as long was because <sighs> it felt more like a greatest hits of the series, kind of. And... I, I even remember seeing a lot of assets and stuff from like Bloodborne in there. They were making both games at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. I remember at the time I was cynical and was like, they must have just rushed this out because Bloodborne just came out. They were more than likely they were developing both games at the same time using similar assets. Like there was like weird gravestones and stuff that I saw in Dark Souls Three and and different parts of the environment that looked like they lifted it right out of Bloodborne. They probably but, did, man. Yeah, but I just finished. Oh yeah, Bloodborne. they worked on the oh. engine. Like they made a new yeah. engine for those two. <laughs> And if you, yeah, like really, it was tuned more for Bloodborne than for the Souls games, but it, it definitely did make the Souls games feel tighter because of it. So I, f- I feel like studios just do that in general, like when they can to like cut costs or make it easier on themselves. I know this is completely unrelated, but I recently watched a, a video of Disney like showing scenes where they were identical mm-hmm. in two different movies, but they just 
put the new characters, the new setting over the old one. Yeah. You know, and like they're like they've done that in like countless movies in their their catalog and I feel like you know if a studio is making two games at in similar time frames or right on top of each each other it's clear that they use similar assets. I mean, you look at Fallout 3 to Fallout New Vegas. Granted they were done by different studios Bethesda and Obsidian, but Bethesda oversaw that and I guarantee you they use similar assets oh, yeah. if not the exact same in certain instances. Yeah. And I feel like that's probably a common practice more often than we think. Yeah. A lot of times I notice this a ton just because I work in sound uh, and have for so long, but there are so many easily available sound libraries that you will hear the exact same fucking Iron Gate opening in almost every piece of media that has a door open anywhere. The Wilhelm scream. <laughs> yeah, the Wilhelm scream. There's like, I think they've only ever recorded two horses for every film that's ever had a horse in it. Um, yeah, it's there's there's a it's, bunch of stuff like that that. It's interesting that know, that happens too because like, um, I know this is very specific and unrelated to what we're talking about, but like they constantly use like if there's ever an eagle in the movie. They use the same audio file, and that audio file is actually of a red-tailed hawk, mm -hmm. not an eagle, because an eagle sounds like a wimpy little bird when you hear it, whereas the red-tailed hawk sounds like a fucking badass, you know, mm -hmm. falcon coming towards you, which is why they use the red-tailed hawk. Even though the eagle's bigger, it just sounds wimpier. So, and they still use that same audio file. So yeah. it's interesting that that you bring up that point. You know, it just reminded me of that. Um, one of our new Patreon VIPs, which, speaking of which, go to patreon.com slash swordchomp, go to our VIP tier, you get access to a top-secret Instagram page. I'll talk about it a little bit more later. Um, Daniel OFDC says, I think the success of the Souls games doesn't hinge on one thing. It's not just difficulty, it's the pride of overcoming the challenge. Exploring and uncovering secrets of an um, obfuscated world it's in some cases a coping experience for people facing their personal difficulties. I've never beaten a Soulsborne game, but I recognize the accomplish as an acceptance into a niche of a larger gaming culture. I think that people who got drawn in by this series feel a certain security in its style and action and overarching ethos that goes against conventional practices in the industry. Uh, which is, that's a great comment. And it's true. Because in some, uh, many ways, yeah, those games are sort of a um, rebellion to uh, to a lot of the sort of mainstream casual experiences that are out there. Yeah, for sure. And man, some people go hard in those games too. Like they'll do the new game pluses over and over and over again, and it's just it's 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 it's, it's a very hardcore community. Um, but that's spread. That that's you could say those games have mainstream success. They're gonna sell millions and millions of copies for of sure. Sekiro. For sure. So. I think there's something to be said when you beat a really difficult game. And I know we, we give you shit for this, but like when you beat Cuphead on Expert, I mean, how, pr how proud you were of yourself oh for doing God, that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, or like when I beat Meat Boy on 100%, you know, like I took so much pride in that. Just not just like it wasn't so much bragging about it. It was just like being able to prove to myself that like I actually could do it. Like this, it was like when I first played that game, it seemed so insurmountable to beat the game, let alone 100% it. 
but when I did it, yeah. it just felt so good. And I feel like that's kind of the same pride of self you take away when you beat a game like Meat Boy or Cuphead or Dark Souls or Bloodborne or Sekiro or um, Neo. Like any of those really difficult games, you take pride in knowing that like you had the dedication and motivation to stick with it to learn how to beat this game and actually do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that actually applies to a Donkey Kong game we're going to talk about later. <laughs> but yes, it does. It does. Um, but you have to be drawn into the the everything about that experience because there's a lot of hard games you could finish, but it just won't mean anything to you. You know what I mean? It's like it's like taking an empty lover, and you're just afterwards you just feel just like there wasn't an emotional connection. There, you know, actually, that's probably one of your more realistic sexual examples that works damn it no that's a bad one i need to go unrealistic (laughs) no no that makes sense i mean like yeah if if a game's too easy then you don't take any anything away from it uh and it it can be easy and it can still be affecting like you look at something like uncharted 4 that game wasn't hard at all but the story was so good and it was so visually impressive that the challenge doesn't need to be there for that game or you look at Heavy Rain. Challenge doesn't need to be there. For At the time when we played it, when it first came out, that game was amazing. Um, but just imagine if Uncharted 4 actually had real good, good game, like great r- game. Yeah, yeah, just like it would have been. Like, for me, it's still up there in my games of all time, but it would have been even further up the list, you know? Fish might have actually gotten a boner for once. No, I had a boner for Nathan Drake the entire time I was riding. Riding? Oh. He, was, he was riding. <laughs> wow. He was riding his controller as he was playing. <laughs> Both the joysticks. <laughs> Just, Just put them on his nipples as they vibrate. Mm-hmm. Now I was thinking his butthole. Oh, okay. um, Billy underscore Dottie said, I'm going to be the devil's advocate mm. and say that I feel very fatigued. As it feels like we get a Souls-like game every year. I'm someone that beat Demon Souls, Dark Souls 1, and Bloodborne. Not saying these games are not good, but I feel that the market is getting oversaturated, in my opinion. Demon Souls is something new. Now all we are getting is games that are refined. Uh, I'm sorry. Now all we get are games that are more refined with little innovation. And that's, that's I think that will kind of be explain a lot why Sekiro is so different as we get to that later. Because um, I think even the creators of those games probably feel that a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. There's got to be some fatigue there with making those games. I mean, they they know people love it, but they know that they can take the things that people love about those games and do something different with it, maybe. And maybe people will like that too. But it's going to be a little riskier. Um, that's the thing. Riskiness is scary. Dark Souls Three is about as unrisky as those games can possibly get. But a lot of Dark Souls fans, that was exactly what they wanted. You know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If they, if they, I don't know if. I don't know how, and Josh, you know more about this, if it breaches more into that play style of Tenchu. But if it does that, I think that would be a smart thing to do. You it know, like if does. This, um, then the, the, see, that's, that sets it apart in mm-hmm. some ways. Granted, it's, it's standing on the backs of its predecessors, but so does everything. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, Fish mentioned this earlier with running past the werewolves. But, and Morgan kind of also touched on it briefly with the whole not being able to grind in this game, which, I mean, mm-hmm. you you can eventually kind of, sort of, for skill points, which are yeah. used to unlock, yep. like, 
abilities, but they don't really increase your power level. They just give you new, interesting ways to do stuff. Um, yep. So it's not like you're going to go grind and all of a sudden be a ton stronger. You just, all of a sudden, you'll get a different move that may not even help in the situation you're stuck in. Um, hmm. Does it does it get a little more phantastical because, like, um, uh, I... Yes. Okay. Um, so far, I have time-traveled, and I've gotten an item that makes me think there are also ghosts or some sort of spiritual enemy-type things so far, but I've not encountered them. I just found something that kind of... The item text made me think that they're going to be there at some point. Okay. Um... Huh. I did see, uh, me and Shay did kill a bunch of lizards that were the, mm-hmm. half the size of our body. Um, and then that opening area, which is kind of funny, you can fall down in that, like, watery area and there's nothing to do there, but there's, like, these four lizards you can just kill. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can kill those lizards. They're, they're... The troll under the bridge. Yeah, there's, there's like, a troll. <laughs> there's, uh, an ogre I've killed so far. There are a few other kind of... Animals? Y- oh yeah, like, I killed about a 12-foot koi. Um, oh, like a fish? Mm-hmm. How rude. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, well, that's what I'm wondering, because the one thing, like, I'm, I don't know how to wrap my head around the game yet so far. I'm only an hour in, and I'm intrigued, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm enjoying it, but I'm still so early on. Me and Shay got to the same point in our stream, which, by the way, is up on our Sword Channel Twitch page. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just got through the opening uh, part. Yeah. Um, and then we got to the point where the guy's carving all those Buddhas. He has like 8,000 Buddhas in his little mm. <laughs> shack or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like, it's, it doesn't seem to have as much like weird, crazy monsters and strange things in the world yet. Um, and that's okay if that's what they're going for. I'm just saying that I, I was just curious to hear if it, if it maybe gets a little stranger. You know what I mean? Because I like the weird. It does. I mean, the part you got to there is the part where... You know, he loses his arm, and you get the whole uh, ninja prosthetic thing, kind of the whole doing the, you know, doing the whole Dororo thing with, you know. Bionic Commando? Yeah. Yeah, which is, like, it, it opens up the mobility in the game so much by allowing you to grapple to different places and just opens up the map a ton. Uh-huh. Um. So his yeah. So while his mobility decreases because he loses an arm, the game mobility increases. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, he's the one flying around. Technically, his mobility is increasing. Mm-hmm. His arm mobility mm-hmm. decreases. So. I don't think you're running joke. around on your hand. <laughs> it's true. His masturbation mobility is down fifty percent. Sure, you did mention if, that. If he's a lefty. Oh, fuck. That's... Maybe he's ambidextrous. Mm-hmm. I was hoping he was going to lose his he likes his to give his strangers. In a crazier way. He'll dick both his hands. <laughs> he doesn't care. Uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. Like It's kind of disappointing because I was playing it like very patiently, and then I watched Jay play the opening, and he just like stabbed everyone to death rapidly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, God damn it. You didn't do it. I did it completely different than you. But um, it's the it's the intro. I know it's the beginning of the game, mm-hmm. yeah. but it just it made me laugh. Um, the death blow is a big thing with the game, right? Do those get pretty where where you guys are in the game? Do they get pretty um, interesting as far as like 
Yes. Not necessarily just how they do. Okay. Um, most of the normal enemies, you'll be able to one-shot from stealth. Because um, hitting an enemy from stealth just deals a death blow to them, um, which is enough to kill most normal enemies. But as you go, you'll start hitting harder and harder enemies that'll have two, three more, like, strong attacks you'll have to hit them with. Um, so if you, like, sneak up on them and hit them, like, it'll damage them a ton, but you'll still have a fight to do um, beyond that. Um, and even a lot of the quote-unquote easy enemies, like, mm-hmm. are there, it's, that's one of the things that I think is really cool because the stealth aspect will... It, it makes killing them from stealth so important because you'll have a really hard fight on your hand even though you only have to get a single death blow in order to to kill them um because they'll have like so much more poise or um you know just a lot of different mechanics that make each of them just a different fight um yeah cool. it's it's really cool like how you how you initiate combat is a big deal in this game um which is yeah really cool Fish, how you feeling? I saw you on my Xbox uh, Live. You were playing Sekiro for quite a while, it looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, how I got... are you feeling so far? What are you liking? What are you not liking? Um, I definitely like the posture that you have to break on these enemies. Like, I think that's a pretty new, new uh, mechanic in this series that um, I like. Like, it's kind of risky. It's essentially just a health bar at that point because you're just trying to fill up that posture bar but it makes sense as far as like in the comic goes as far as like in that in that setting where you know samurais usually or samurais or anybody with a like a katana usually go for death blows like the one precision strike so it kind of makes sense in this in the setting as far as like you want to essentially wear down your enemy to where you can get an opening out of them because they've they've either fatigued or they left themselves vulnerable to a death blow uh, which i definitely enjoy that like that that part of the combat is interesting to me as far as like from uh, a from software game um so yeah. um but as far as like the combat goes um besides that like everything feels I don't know if it's quite, it's not quite clicking with me. Like there, there's times where like I'll parry attacks like constantly from an enemy and I feel like I'm filling up their posture, but I still feel like if I try and like get an attack in, like they'll immediately attack me right back and like I lose out on health and like before I know it, like I'm getting overwhelmed and like I'm a little bit frustrated. So like it, it's, there's definitely a learning curve that I haven't quite grasped, but I know it's there. It's just, it's not as it, the combat is a lot faster than a lot of the yeah the past their past games, but I I think I I will eventually enjoy it. It's just hard to kind of grasp myself around it. Whereas like Bloodborne, it was like more about learning your enemies because your movements were pretty much like tank almost at that point. Like you you your attacks, you knew how your attacks reacted what was the range on them whereas like in Sekiro like your attacks uh, while while they're sta- the same like some of the enemies like they it's it, it's just wildly different from like certain enemies that yeah. you come across you have to learn a lot of different move sets in this game um 
Mm-hmm. Whereas in 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 a lot of the other Souls games, yeah, you had to learn their move sets, but a lot of times the important thing was just knowing your move set. Um, yeah. More so because even though they changed up the mechanics you did to interact with that were the same in a lot of ways. Uh, whereas there is so much emphasis on parrying in this game that you have yes. to learn the enemy's move sets. Like it's just they they just they really emphasize that. Well, I mean, you you have to learn their move sets and or you have to really work on your stealth and just sneak up on them and kill them. Um, yeah, and that that's one thing that I've enjoyed out of this game is the stealth aspect of it. Um, mm-hmm. Like just grappling up to like a little top of a building and then kind of scanning the area for the enemies and seeing who you could pick off and essentially like i i definitely got down with that where i was grappling up to a high vantage point looking down on an enemy giving a doing a death blow on them and just kind of thinning out the herd a little bit because if i just jumped in like i would just be overwhelmed quickly and i feel like i don't feel comfortable enough at this point in the game as far as like taking on that many enemies i don't Um, well i think that's the thing though i don't think there's ever a point in the game where you can take on more than two enemies yeah reliably because it just the you still have the same sort of every attack you do has a huge commitment to it um and Mm -hmm. like even the death blow thing like we were talking about how like oh you just break their guard and kill them a lot of times you'll break someone's guard and if there's someone else there nearby you can't safely go in for the kill like you'll have to back off um, like a lot of times, if you get into a fight with more than one person, you'll have to like actually kill them by getting their health down, like to kind of knock away their guard, do a little damage from the side here or there, and just kill them using their health. Like there's there's a lot of depth to the combat system because everything is so lethal. Like they they actually make you interact with each of the like each part of it. Um, mm-hmm. and and kind of like you were saying with you know jumping in on top of somebody like killing them before you start the rest of the fight that that becomes a big thing like if there's a group of enemies yeah taking out the one guy who you know is just a motherfucker before you get in a fight with the rest of them <laughs> is a big deal because yeah. otherwise you'll get in a fight with you know like two guys and one of them you know is going to give you a lot of trouble so just you know kill him to start the encounter go for the motherfucker for mm-hmm. you know who else is a motherfucker professor oak hmm that's what's on Instagram page. Um, no, that's that's interesting because um, the one thing I was going to ask you guys is how you felt. Because one thing our commenter mentioned that is different about this game is they're trying to tell a little bit more of a digestible narrative, mm-hmm. the primary character and stuff. Like, how are you guys feeling about the narrative shift so far? It's hard to tell. Um, there's still a lot of the same a lot of the people you just kind of meet in the world are super mysterious. Like they just give you so little information about them that it's like trying to figure out what's going on is still a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, good. But yeah, there's, there's a, there's, there is a story. Like they're telling you a story about a character. You don't create a character at the beginning of this one. There's like actually a story going on. And I, I'm like 99% sure I already mentioned that there was time travel. Um, but <laughs> yeah. anyway, um, 
it's hard to tell if it's like time travel or like you having visions of memories from the past that you forgot or something. Mm. Like it's it's yeah. it's hard to tell exactly what's happening, but it seems as if there's time travel. Um, well, what's weird about that though is like you could bring items from yeah that time from the past. And... So like it, yeah. it, it seems like it's time travel involved. Um, so yeah. like it's it's still really mysterious. Like they're telling a straightforward story, but the way you go about it is still crazy. Um, like I was, you know, just going through with the normal story, trying to rescue somebody. And then I went back in time. And so I've been spending a whole lot more time in the past recently, you know, the last few hours. And so I'm kind of, I'm still getting story, but it's like, I'm getting backstory. Like it's, but it's, it's, it's weird. It's really weird. I'm it not is, sure yeah. how it's going to like actually pay off as far as an, like a story as a whole when it comes together, but it is different. So I'm, I'm curious to see how they go forward with it. So, yeah, it, it's interesting to me. Like I'm very optimistic that it, it'll definitely redeem itself in an awesome way. Um, at least I ho- I'm hoping for it. Um, mm-hmm. but like going back in the past, like, I feel like I'm not too far into that past area, but like, I feel like that's going to be like an ongoing type of thing going back and forth between the present and the past. Um, or at least like, that's what I'm thinking right now. I, I really don't know. Or, or, yeah, or maybe eventually, well, yeah. maybe you go or to a different, different memory or something. Is, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm definitely enjoying that. I, I I definitely like the story in this one. Like, um, I noticed that you guys were playing with the uh, English voices in that game yep. um, on your stream, and I was like, oh my gosh, those English voice actors are terrible. Because I, I started playing it uh, with the just the Japanese mm-hmm. original voice actors, and it's actually really fucking cool. Like, just hearing the Japanese like dialect and everything, and the way they talk. Like, maybe I should switch it. You yeah. should. Well, it's like I don't know if you were still there, Fish, but towards the end, I was making fun of the voices because mm-hmm. it sounded like they used one voice actor and one voice <laughs> type for like every character because everyone yeah. was talking in this gruff, mysterious voice. That's kind of a soul thing. Over again. Yeah, like they always just... talk in this kind of low, mysterious thing, yeah. and it—it's a thing. Shit. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, I mean, it kind of like made it, sense though? in the other ones because. Like, they were all dead worlds, more or less. Yeah. And yep. it doesn't make quite as much sense here in, like, historical fiction. It seems a little strange, but it's kind of their thing. And I've, I've noticed that even with the Japanese voices, um, that, like, occasionally you'll get, like, kind of just distant performances. Like, someone's kind of... Um, it, it, not not like they're phoning it in, but like the direction was, you know, like be weird. Do this like you're a million <laughs> miles away, sort of a thing. Yeah. Like that was the direction given, and that's just that's yeah. kind of been their thing, you know. It did work in the other games mm-hmm. to a degree because they felt kind of cheap. That's one of the things I loved about Bloodborne. I think it's harder for me to get into Dark Souls because the production values for me hadn't caught up with like a lot of other games I was playing at the time. But like now, like it feels like their production values are because of their success are so very high with Bloodborne and this game, obviously the art direction I'm torn on. I will say um, that there are some nice moments. Like at the end of that first part, we walk out into the, that field and fight the the nemesis guy and he chops off your arm. Mm-hmm. Like that scene was just, I hope there's a lot of really memorable kind of like 
scenes. You got to think there's going to be a cherry blossom scene at some point. Mm-hmm. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think how much has been said. They've at least hinted at it so far. They talked about how you failed as your, you know, role to protect the, uh, um, protect the master. So now you're kind of protecting the master son sort of a thing. Uh, and that's like the first memory you go back to. Um, and so you're, you're like sneaking in while the castle is being overrun by the bandits who destroyed it in the past. Which is really mm, okay. cool because you're like sneaking across rooftops that are on fire and stuff. Um, it's it's really cool. It's good. There's a scene like that in Neo as well, actually. Weirdly enough, mm. where you're running across on fire rooftops. Must be a common theme in Japan. <laughs> fire rooftops, get it in there. Come well, on, guys. yeah, no, that. Well, I think it was. I think it's just a historical thing. Like, yeah, yeah, like that was definitely. Well, it's, <laughs> yeah. Sieging a village and then burning it with everyone still alive was kind of, kind of the mo of quite a few warlords there for a while. Uh, yeah, not just in Japan either. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Like they made those roofs out of straw. Yeah. So they were easily torchable. Yep. <laughs> they were just asking for their house <laughs> to be burned down. <laughs> You're gonna make it out of straw. You're gonna get it burned down. And that's Rice, the exact paper, accent. And that's straw. a historical yeah. accent, mm-hmm. by the way. 100% historical accuracy. Interesting. Okay. Well, we're going to have to stick with it. What? Why isn't there someone with that accent in Sekiro? Hmm. Well, there might be. Listen man. here, partner. You're going to go fight this guy with your sword. Mm, that's that's when I put down the controller and <laughs> never play that game again. That's when he's done. Hey, you want a euro? Maybe a sub? One of those foot-long subs. You want one? I'm done. Uh, The interesting thing is, like, because from software games are distinctly Japanese, that they can kind of, with this setting, they're kind of going uh, more to something akin to, you know, their cultural history. And that's interesting. Um, Might be a little bit more of a labor of love kind of thing. Nice thing is, and this is such a minor thing, but I'm going to bring it up. I'm glad that they don't uh, whitewash the hero. Like, uh,. In in uh, uh in Neo, yeah. you're playing as a white guy. Yeah. For some reason. <laughs> well, no, he's a historical figure. Like he actually existed. Yeah. But they yeah, had yeah. they had to go in there and find the one fucking white guy. Right. And then use right. him for you know, like let's oh uh, yeah. Right, exactly. And Morgan and I were joking about Tom Cruise and The Last Samurai in the stream. Mm-hmm. So I'm just happy I'm just happy, honestly, and I mean this sincerely, that they didn't whitewash the main character and they actually used uh-huh. a Japanese guy. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. As as minor as that is, and as maybe as some people are going to grow and be like, oh, PC culture, but really it's a thing. And I'm glad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that was a good, uh, that was a good uh, Sekiro precursor, I think. There's two other uh, comments I wanted to read because I wanted to s- kind of segue naturally in there so I didn't want to stop it. Just wanted to let it go. Mm-hmm. Um, Richie Be Good said, I like this one a lot. I don't know much about the Souls games, but I got into Bloodborne mostly for the atmosphere and character design. Mm-hmm. It was incredibly rich, unique, and engaging, and the challenge without ever feeling cheated. I felt that way, too. That's what pulled me in. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, the many different hats that you could choose in Bloodborne. Oh. <laughs> All those. You should have seen Shay's create a character. It was the most disturbing 
horrifying. It just I don't even remember oh, what it looked yeah. like. I remember she had a green face. <laughs> she looked like a witch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, since they were going for like even though it's ridiculously fantastical, since they were going for historical fiction, they they absolutely could not let you create a character in here. It just uh yeah, given given <laughs> Yeah. My white the guy abominations you can make in all the other place. games. He's talking about Sekiro. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Oh, okay. If I could have made a, if I could made a white guy with a beard in Sekiro, that would have been a little weird, you know. Mm-hmm. It's true. I would have made it like a Dikachu. <laughs> <gasps> a what? A Dikachu. You mean a Sasachu? That Sasachu. What made you think of Sasachu? Uh just this pretty little uh, sassy D merch mug that you got sitting on your desk. Huh. You know where I got that? No, I don't. I assume someplace like Sassy D, maybe. I'm, I just, I can't be sure. <laughs> well, you know what? That's a great guess. Because our good friends and sponsors, Sassy D merch on Instagram or sassydicks.com, uh, they sent me this awesome uh, Sassachu. They call him Sassachu. It's a okay. penis Pikachu. Uh, it's shocking, some would say. Uh, it's, it's, very, it's very shapely. Electrifying. Yeah. For some for some reason, there's blood in in the mug. I don't, I don't know why. That mm. is. That's uh, terrifying. That's just backwash from drinking all that Dr Pepper ten. I, I'm just coughing up blood know, at this yeah. point. That was not the joke I was going to go for. I'm glad you did. Mine was going to be a lot more vile. Uh-huh. I had to. Yeah. I. Yeah. No. No. I saw where you were going. I decided to take us somewhere else. That's good. That's good. I'm coughing up the bubonic plague of. <laughs> Of joy. But, I mean, that's the nice thing, is, like, with our Sassy D merch, you can even use it to cough up blood you into can. it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not going to judge what you use it for, just that you use it. Fish, if, if you're that's out right. of socks, <laughs> and you need a container to spill your seed into, boom. Yeah, like, if, like, you're extracting pumpkin seeds out of your pumpkin, it's Halloween, yeah, carving yeah, that pumpkin. your seed. You want, yeah, you yeah. want to put them in there to kind of keep them as a yeah. storage device. He used to use a sock, which is weird for that, I think. Uh, well, you know, it's really better why. than using a condom. You know, that's true. <laughs> that's that's true. Um, but th- yeah, this design and their merchandise has to be seen to believe. Go to sassydicks.com or at sassydmerch on Instagram. Check them out. Follow them. They're friends of ours, sponsors. They do cool stuff. Make you laugh. The one thing I'm confused about on this mug, and, I don't, and I'll describe it to the listeners, mm-hmm. is that the Sassachu has semen licking leaking out of its mouth mm-hmm. or that he's licking it and it's not leaking from the tip of his head yeah it's mm. leaking out of a side hole on his penis which i don't know about why, your guys dick why? But my dick doesn't have a side penis or a side hole on my penis hmm yours doesn't what <laughs> mine also doesn't cast as big of a shadow but that might be because size issues mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm uh, but yeah, so if you want to analyze their designs in you know fascinating detail, go check them out. At Sassy D Merch on Instagram, it's a good follow. Uh, and the very last, the very the very last comment I wanted to read, and we can move on. What is to be done? Said Dark Souls solidified my view on tight gameplay and mechanics over literally everything. Before a mediocre game with an amazing story was enough to get me through it. Now I subscribe to the theory that a good video game has to have a solid core. 
30-second repeatable gameplay loop like Dark Souls, Jet Set Radio, Sunset Overdrive. Although, mm-hmm. you know, Anthem has a 30-second repeatable core. People don't really seem to care. The thing is, I think this viewer is really saying he requires his video games to be able to hold a two-minute plank. It needs to have a good core. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's. I think that's kind of what this listener is saying here. You know, not so much crunches, not so much... Um, leg lifts but he wants just a strong all-around core you know leg lifts will give you those abs but you want your lower back to be strong too so the lower back and the abs of this game need to be able to do a two-minute plank that's all it's saying i bet Sekiro has a good core i, I believe he's a nice core i believe it does he probably does i mean he can take punches from a troll <laughs> well he sure did um Got that troll good though. We snuck, we hung on the bridge and we snuck up and stabbed him right now. And I felt bad for him a little bit. I did not. I did not. We got Monty Python thing. Anyways, thanks everyone for commenting. Um, we have incre- incredible comments this week. The passion, like the length of those comments and just, just how well worded they were is fantastic. <laughs> he didn't want to get fucking reamed. <laughs> we've, we've scared <laughs> anyone off who might give us like a three word comment. Uh, I'm just gonna avoid those. I feel bad. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have read the three word comments. I only did it because it was our good friend, mm-hmm. and he knows. He knows unless they it. say, unless that three word comment is Final Fantasy VIII is great. That's five words, but that's fair. Uh-huh. Shit. FF8 is great. If if the if it's like if it's <laughs> fish's micro penis, we can share that comment. Yeah, that's a good one. Watch the next topic you're gonna have. It's all just gonna be oh my like just full of comments, just straight. Fishes micro penis. Fishes micro penis. Fishes micro penis. We need like That's... a comedic topic one week or something crazy. Like just sound off on the size of the male sex organs. You know like that. that'll be in our upcoming new podcast that we haven't officially announced yet. So that you just teased without actually announcing. That's right, but I'm not gonna give the name. <laughs> Or what it's about. <laughs> that's 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 good stuff right there. That's right. So um, stay tuned for the ne- in the next six months when we finally announce it. We have some fun polls to round up the show too. By the way, patreon.com slash swordchomp if you want to support us. Uh, there's a lot of funny stuff on there that's sort of like inside jokes or complimentary stuff. I don't want to give it all away, but let's just say I got uh, some good stuff up today from... <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Shay's journey. Uh, there's inside jokes about me and Fish's war with Ganon. Um, videos I made with my daughter, where she's talking about video games. Um, it's a, it's like a little VIP club, and you actually support us in the process, so you should definitely check it out. Um, sure. The polls this week are interesting. The first one I, I am very passionate about. Fish. Uh, there was two things about this. The fish. The <laughs> the fishes. The the fish flops. The voters have voted, but I don't know if it's really going to mean much. Um, cause I said, Hey, should fish have to play Donkey Kong country tropical freeze for his crimes against Donkey Kong? Uh, and 72% of our audience said yes. Wow. Ooh. Oh, well, funny thing is, is I got ahead of those listeners and those voters and I actually went out and bought that game. No, you didn't. Really? Yeah, no, did. you did right. not. Yeah. I got it for the switch. Nice. Get, have I, you played I, it I talked you into yes. it finally. What? Are you messing? Are you? This is a joke. Is he fucking with me right no. now? No, I'm on it. world two. I'm at the. Uh, oh, I'm at that. It's good. Big owl. Was trying to sell him on it. He got the world two. It's good. He got yeah. past his first Donkey Kong world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank the you. nice thing Thank about you. this one is, it. 
it allows you to learn a lot better than some of the other earlier games. Like it, it gives you a really cool yes, variety yeah. of challenges. Like there is some of the toughest levels in any Donkey Kong game, period, in this game. But there's also a, oh, a yeah. better learning curve to actually get you there. Well, Are you doing like, funky mode? like the old games, like there was themes to the levels, like there's the water level mm-hmm. or the jungle level with all the bees and the goddamn barrels and shit. In <laughs> this one, like they, they slowly just like integrate all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the first level that you actually come across, like you slide down this little thing and you jump into the water. I'm like, oh fuck, is this a re- already a water level? Mm-hmm. But no, it's just like a little section of it. Like it, the world is actually like, I actually enjoy the world in this game because it all makes, it, it's like this cartoony feel good type of world that as you're going through it it actually makes sense like you drop on like this mangrove type of area and you're going in and out of waters you're going up trees as well so mm-hmm. um yeah it, i i definitely like the theme of it um but as far as like um the difficulty like it, there are some fucking levels that are just like hell for me um there's one Still? Level... wow which one well, which one gave you the most hell uh, there's one called Sawmill Thrill. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great level. Yeah. That's it, such it's, a good... It, it's good, but like it's it, there's parts of it that are just like infuriating if you're trying to go for like. Uh, <laughs> oh, I didn't know Morgan had a Donkey Kong. Is that an amiibo? No, it's just a statue. Oh, okay. Um, but no, like, uh, yeah, that level. Uh, that there was there's just certain parts of that game. Um, that are very difficult, um, just like certain sections, and like you get a checkpoint as yeah. well. Well, yeah, that's the, the other thing well. that because they finally, finally ditched lives, they're able to ramp the difficulty up a lot higher than they did for individual sections in this mm. game, and so you get some really tight platforming you have to do. Um, well, they're the game well, that, they're also they're yeah. they're also forgiving though as well. Like mm-hmm. uh, one section that I, that I got stuck at, like they literally give you a red balloon before you get to the hard harder part of it, almost as to say, yeah, we know this this part's going to be frustrating as fuck, and it's going to eat through all your balloons. But here's a balloon if you could just grab it real quick mm-hmm. before you yeah, start the hard. They put part that of it. balloon on the path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And 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 I like that. I like that. It's not like this, like what you can get stuck on a certain area just because of your play skill and essentially lose all your lives at, yeah. at that point um yeah they yeah that world's a pretty ha- happy world too it's like yeah it's i said like ditched lives like i was meaning like the, the the checkpoint thing the whole having to get to a certain level sort of deal yeah mm-hmm. anyway yeah yeah that's crazy i'm so happy right now i'm like flustered <laughs> i'm like shocked i'm deeply shocked mm. you know, fish. Yeah, yeah. There, there's actually when you come across that second boss, there's. It, this is gonna. This is stupid, but like, uh, I had, yeah, the owl. Where yeah. it, there's a cinema right before it, and Donkey Kong and whoever you chose to go along with you, you get you get a partner. Um, I I like Dixie Kong at this point right now in the game. Um, mm-hmm. I also like uh, Cranky Kong, and then last would be Diddy Kong. But wow, uh, yeah. I like Cranky Kong better. I actually like Donkey Kong in this game, which is crazy. Like, this is like the first game where Donkey Kong has felt good. Um, like basically every other mm. time you want to use any oh, other yeah. party member instead of Donkey so Kong. So good. Oh, he feels good. Get out of here, shit. Get out. Of here. <laughs> uh, 
There, there's actually a secret uh, exit in that level, fish the sawmill thrill. There's, yeah, uh, I got I've it. Been go- you got it. Okay. Yeah, it leads. It's, it's crazy because it leads to like these weird levels. Did you do the rocket one with the giant? Oh bolt? my god! Yeah, I did, and that one I cannot get a hang of, and I don't think I want to <laughs> fucking try that fucking game. It, the rockets are tough for people. It's I think. weird. It's weird. Yeah. Like you push a button and you shoot up. It's one of those like it's almost like a Flappy Bird type of situation yeah, where yeah, like yeah. you. You hit your, you, mm-hmm. you thrust up, but like you could thrust too much up oh, into the ceiling and hit it. And it, it's very painful for Donkey Kong. <laughs> Are you thrusting on the rocket? The, He's thrusting, thrusting his rocket. I'm thrusting my rocket all the way Is it a red inside. rocket? And there is some red on it. It's also you white. know, the, the different things will gel from people differently because I, I think those levels are pretty easy. But the tricky thing is. The bopping, like there's a level, there's a challenge level. If you get all the Kong letters in a stage, you, um, if you get all the Kong letters in every stage of a world, you unlock a, a challenge level. Mm-hmm. And oh my God. The, yeah. the second challenge level, I think, you literally have to time your jump on the top of things. So there's a way you can bounce on stuff that actually propels you if you get your timing just right. You have to press the button right as you're about to hit it, but not as you hit it or too late. Otherwise, you do not propel yourself off the creature and they oh, build yeah. they build an yeah. entire level around oh gosh yeah like there's Bob no floor this. you have to go through the entire yeah. level with no floor Ooh. well as long as i get dixie kong with me <laughs> <laughs> i did it with i've been doing it with funky which makes you feel a little dirty um, you know if no one knew who's listening to this podcast <laughs> knew who who or what Donkey Kong was, this whole description is very, like, has sexual undertones. Oh, Donkey Kong is sexual. It's about life, resolution, spirit, battling, protecting your home, your family. <laughs> ton of revolutions. Um, but no, the, the first two worlds, I think, are the, the third world is where it really, really, really started to click for me. They're halfway through Africa. But I think the first two worlds are very pleasant and fun, and they have some good moments. Um, and then, oh my god, this, the last chunk of that game. Yeah is this is my one criticism as brilliant as it is it's a little too trial and error for my taste like there are things you the game you're gonna die more than likely until you figure it out like Hmm. there's this one boss that slams his hammer on the it's an awesome boss great music slams his hammer on the ground you have to jump on the hammer and then jump on his head well for no reason at all during his last phase when he slams his hammer on the ground these ripples of ice shoot out from it now he hadn't done that during any of the other phases so it killed me right and i'm just like and i learned and i got better but my point is that there's a lot of sections in the game where it's a little too based on trial and error and it can be frustrating um i think that probably my primary criticism of the game even as Mm -hmm. brilliant as some of those levels are yeah but man they're good they get damn good. The, dude, the thing they do with the challenge levels, they bring back music from the original Donkey Kong Country. That's oh pretty cool. Oh my god. Yeah. That's so that was, really that was cool. That was cool about Doom, uh, the 2016 game, is when they brought that they had those secret levels in the game, and then it was the original Doom levels. That was always the coolest thing. That was one of my favorite parts about that game. So any yeah. game that does that kind of like harkens back to an older version of itself. Mm-hmm. Always yeah. cool. If you can get through the whole game, I beat it once normally with uh, Donkey Kong, and then I've gone back through for fun. Funky Kong's better for, like, collecting stuff, because he floats around and stuff, and he gets five hearts. So, like, whenever you play, like, I don't know if you've done any items fish, but there's cool stuff you can get. Like, you can get squawks, and if you bring them on, a, he'll show you where puzzle pieces are, which is kind of cool. It just unlocks art and stuff. But, like, 
Funky Kong makes it a lot more fun to play, I think, even though it's easier. But uh, I did beat it once with a normal troop, of course. Um, I had to. And I'll be very proud of you, Fish. If you can beat this game with Donkey Kong, this is mm-hmm. one of the tougher Donkey Kong games, honestly. Um, did you get the secret level in the first world that was a silhouette? It was like a jungle? Yes. Yeah. Oh, such they, a cool something, level. Something by you, I think it was the name of the level. Yeah. I, oh, uh, so good. Yeah, I, I wanted to... I want to experience that. I actually looked back to see because I saw that there were certain levels that I didn't unlock, and I was curious of how to unlock them. So mm-hmm. I went ahead and looked up a guide just to see how you unlock them because some of those places to that you get to, like you can overlook pretty easily in a level, um, and some of them, like you just unlock them um, without even knowing that you've unlocked like a, a secret world. But yeah, I unlocked that one um, by looking up a. Uh, a walkthrough guide on how to do that and yeah Fucking i went through cheater. that level <laughs> i mean okay. not it's really okay. you're just kind Wait. of saving an item because like well, like you were saying there's they've got in-game ways to access all the hints if you're like going back through trying to do like a completionist thing so well with mm-hmm. that one you're just yeah. i don't i you just i was just swimming around and i was swimming down down and i was like where's this going and there was like this propeller that was trying to push me back up and i just kept swimming and swimming and i found it but um I mm-hmm. don't know, Josh, if there's something that shows you where the secret levels are. Uh, yeah, because the they're levels. like there's. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about the exits. I I can't remember. Yeah, because that like some of those exits are. <laughs> oh, but the cool thing about this game is they reward that. Like most games, when I finish them, I'm like, eh, whatever, right? But like they do a good job of rewarding the weird stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've actually I've always enjoyed the Donkey Kong games that reward more of the post-game stuff, like, going back through the levels to really explore them. Like, I've just, I've really gotten into that. Um, yeah. Two did a lot of that, yeah, too. Yeah, two did. Like, like uh, most people like one more than two, but because two had so much cool, uh, just discoverable stuff, I, I've, I've always, like, just loved that game. Because going back through it is still rewarding. Like, after you beat the game and just kind of going through the levels again. Yeah. The funny thing about what Fish mentioned with the uh, bright art style, mm-hmm. it's I like it, and it's gorgeous, but I will say, this one's actually in 1080p. The Switch one was not. Unfortunately, Donkey Kong Country Returns. The Switch one wasn't? I'm the, sorry. The, the Wii U. The Wii. The Wii. Uh, the Wii one was, the Wii U one of this original game was 720p, and it's still a great, but this the um, Wii version of Donkey Kong Country Returns that I actually did like a lot, too, like, this game blows it out of the water in pretty much every way. Visually, too, it's going to hold up a lot longer, because, you know, those those Wii games were rough. They were still using component cables, man. So, that's unfortunate, I think. But, I will, um, I was going to a larger point, goddammit, Shay. You distracted me, and I... Oh, anyways, um, that's crazy. That's crazy. It's crazy fish. I'm I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I wanted to surprise you. I'm gonna <laughs> let Gannon. I'm gonna let Gannon get. I'm gonna give you a free win. I'm just gonna. Let him oh try. hell yes! <laughs> Fuck yes! <laughs> free win. <laughs> You're just gonna walk off the ledge all three times. Mm-hmm. You don't oh, have to do terrible. anything. Terrible, no, I'll actually. let you do. I'll let you smack me off the ledge, and I'll go. Ah, I can't move. <laughs> I'm paralyzed by your power. Oh no! I I did it upy. I. Side beat, <laughs> side beat. Uh, I don't know. I should pull that. I think people would be, would be split. I like the first one more, but the replayability on this one and two is much higher. Uh, I mm-hmm. think just because of all the extra cool stuff. So definitely, it's such a good game. I will say that there's a nostalgia level that Fish will not fully be able to appreciate. I don't mean that in a in a rude way. It's just mm-hmm. like. 
There are things oh, yeah. about this game that literally have me squealing because I'm a psychopath. Okay? Like the different I'm references and stuff? Yeah. yeah. Like, I just played those games last year. So, like, oh, mm-hmm. man. It's just, uh, <laughs> it's just the best. It really is. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious to see, Fish, once you get halfway through Africa, remember this level, okay? It's called Scorch and Torch. Second you hit Scorch and Torch, it's mm-hmm. all going uphill. Okay. Scorch and Torch. Maybe downhill. Don't be afraid to buy balloons if you need to. Oh, I've already bought like 50 of them. That's all <laughs> yeah, I that use my cool coins on. Yeah, they reward you for exploring for coins too. Mm-hmm. Anyways, mm-hmm. that's enough for a Donkey Kong discussion. Um, because people are like, why? That's an old game. I'll tell you why I picked it up. It's actually important to this podcast. And our <laughs> it's because I had one of those moments where I was standing there looking at Devil May Cry 5 and looking at Donkey Kong Country for um, Tropical Freeze. And I wanted to get Tropical Freeze. Because I, I was going through a divorce when it first came out. And I didn't really want to get Devil May Cry, but I felt obligated to. And I said, you know what? I'm going to get the game that I want to get. I'll play Devil May there Cry down go. the road. I'll there rent it go. or something. Proud of you. Mm-hmm. And that's how, right I felt, that's how I felt whenever I picked it up. I was just like, you know what? Morgan's just touting about this game. He's been talking about it all week. I was like, you know what? I'm going to pick it up. It's going to surprise him. And I just might have fun with the game. And, of course, I am having fun with that game, so mm-hmm. I'm glad that I game. picked it up. People, there's people I know that didn't grow up in Donkey Kong Country, like Dan Riker at Giant Bomb. He thinks these are some of the best games ever. And he never even grew up with them like I did. So, like, it's, yeah. it has a wider appeal because of the, the bright nature of the art draw. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Um, I, I prefer the dark. One thing I noticed, Josh, is fascinating. I couldn't figure out why the art direction in these games doesn't quite get me like the old ones. And I figured out it's the color palette. Um is in the older games i was looking at them it's all like they're pretty darker yeah they're pretty dark yeah as far as like i think part of that was just nobody knew how to do cg at the time so stuff was lit <laughs> horribly and then they'd render it yeah. to pixels and soon it up with a bunch of dark levels and it but it worked yeah it worked really well mm-hmm. there's a lot of like really dark creepy like um caves and factories mm-hmm. and it was just like that game has a darkness to it that maybe fish will be able to go back and appreciate once he becomes a donkey kong master he's on his way yeah he's on his way to being a donkey kong yeah. master yeah like they intentionally tried to use it in a few spots <laughs> and those are really good like a lot of the caves where uh like the lights would come off and on um and like, oh they'd yeah, make yeah. A mechanic and those were always really oh. cool uh so yeah, yeah. like I, yeah they, they used it to a good effect back in the day Fish, Fish, actually, Fish actually hit on something that's important. The first half of the game, they sort of introduced the mechanics, but by about World 3, you're going to get levels that are based around more of a design. Mm-hmm. But hopefully by then, he'll be more equipped to handle those um, yeah. specific things. Anyways, so Fish, you listen. see, our community voted, and your vote means something, because he did it. So congratulations to you that's and right. Fish. That's right. Thank you, guys. He led me to a good game. True. <laughs> it was really Josh saying all the things about it. It wasn't me at all. It was just Josh <laughs> saying nice things. <laughs> um, so that can skip right... Oh, this is a good... This is one of the most creative polls I ever did. I'm proud of this, okay? How big is Donkey Kong's banana? And what I did was, I used the slider <laughs> to indicate... No one's ever done this in the world. This is revolutionary poll making. Okay, this is the first time ever, okay? So you move the slider up, Josh, to pick how big you think his banana is, and the choices were Fish at the very bottom, <laughs> Diddy, so messed up, King Kong, or Ron Jeremy at the end. Hmm. Uh, or as Fish likes to point out, Ron Jeremy. 
um, who made an appearance on one of our older podcasts. <laughs> uh. um, and the voters settled on right between King Kong and Ron Jeremy. Hmm. So, scientific fact. Yeah. Can you say? I don't I know. Think... I don't know how scientific that can be. Because I mean, yeah, King Kong, if you King if Kong you sit be there and think Roger. about it too hard, you're just going to be moving that slider back and forth way too much, and eventually, it, it yeah, it'll be a little messy. You won't really be able yeah. to cast your vote. So, like the only That's votes we actually got turned in were the ones who you know picked something right away. Yeah. I just like the idea that Ron Jeremy is higher than King Kong. Although, ironically, actually, in nature, gorillas have small penises. Did you know that? You know, I've never found myself looking that fact up, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I don't know how I know. but uh... There's literally oh, you know. No, you know. Being, no being, no object, no, no noun. That could have a penis that Morgan has not looked up the size of said penis. Mm, for comparison, mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Like, yeah. well, like yeah. if, if his if his wife's ever like, "Man, your penis is so small," and he can be like, "Actually, <laughs> did you know that it's a gorilla has a smaller penis than I do?" It's true, for sure. It's a selling point. I'm like, look, smaller than national average, but larger. Than a gorilla, mm. and a gorilla is a strong creature. Although you know it's relative to their mates, and it's just it's just humorous to me. I don't know why. Um, so I'm saying I'm obsessed with dick, and those those people, I say, you're right. That's why mm-hmm. Sassy D merch is a Sassy D thing. is the perfect <laughs> sponsor for us. Uh, so those were the funny ones. This one I was a little nervous to put up, but I'm curious to see how you guys respond to this. This started with a conversation me and Fish had. Where I asked him, because he was talking about getting back in the dating world, I was like, have you ever seen someone so beautiful or attractive that you, you felt like time stood still? Like you were just like, for a moment, you were just like, holy shit. In real life, not like a celebrity or something. right? And he said no. And I was like, wow. And then I realized that it only happened to me like a handful of times, mostly one that I could remember. Um, so I pulled our audience and I was like, am I crazy here? 85% of our audience said yes. Now, some of those votes are probably people, you know, who like poetry? Oh, my wife, yeah, <laughs> that's true. My wife might see this poll. I need to say yes, um, <laughs> right? But, uh, so, but a- yes, eighty-five. Eighty-five percent of our audience was walked in by a significant other while casting their vote. That's true. That's true. <laughs> they, they were hovering. What are you looking at, honey? Oh, just this poll that I was going to vote yes on. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. But I'm with fish, actually. I've never seen anyone and just been like, time has just stopped. But, but I did have one kiss in my life. That time did stand completely still. Oh, really? I did, yeah. That's so adorable. And it wasn't in a great location either. It's, I'll, tell, I'll make the story very succinct. So I went with my roommate at the time, his girlfriend and his girlfriend's friend. We were going to... This, cl- this club in Great Falls that has since closed down, club, and um, I, uh, we were we were there and we were dancing together. It was this pretty trashy place, to be honest with you, but it was the closest thing that Great Falls had to a club, and we were dancing, and then all of a sudden I was like, you know, I'm just gonna fucking try and kiss this girl, and I did, and she was like, way way like. For 18-year-old me, I was like, oh, she's way out of my league. There's no way it's going to work. And it ended up working. And uh, 
we're making out on the dance floor and it was just like that one moment like 18 year old me was like oh my god this is really happening it just seemed like time had frozen and like there was no one else in the room kind of thing uh, in this trashy ass club that almost counts it's like that's in the same tree it's not the same it, no it's a branch on the tree right yeah it's it's one of those things that's the closest i've ever had to a moment like that but like i still remember it to this day so well um i've never had anything else quite like that so hmm. was yeah that and that it? one's that one's more physical yeah like yeah. just Sensation. looking at somebody yeah how is not how's looking at a woman not physical? Oh, I'm looking at her with my brain, not my eyes, my well, brain. You're just saying it's I'm getting to know her personality through osmosis, <laughs> through diffusion. That's a good way to do it. Just absorb yeah. it. You can get a leg up on the car. What is that a me- a mental thing? Well, I anyway uh, saying it's not a sense. He read the whole uh, yeah. Playboy yeah. profile. So I have to be nice to fish now because he played Donkey Kong. What fish is trying to say is that it's a sensation as opposed to just a visual thing where you could see it anywhere. It was a touch. Her lips touched yours. There was a chemistry, you know, two warm bodies meeting. Um, that's physical. Senses. Yeah, that, that's physical. Well, metaphysical. That's not true. No, it's uh, not true at all. It's, it's based on a quantum physics <laughs> level. Oh, well, oh. I will. My one very short story. I will say it's a good story, Shay. Like Thank you. Thank you. Is that it happened to me, and I was lucky enough to engage in mutual in coitus. <laughs> and I will say it's not. It's too good in a way that you'd. It will destroy your life. So be careful what you're... Let's put it this way. I I know what you're talking about now. Besides the serious stuff, on a comedic level, we went at it so many times, I had to go to the doctor because my shit was ripped up, man. Like, and the doc... And I'm not even kidding you. I thought I had something serious, and the doctor looked at me and said... Are you, are you in a new relationship right now? And I was like, yeah. He's like, you just... He's like, then why is she going through your shit? He was laughing. Why is she tearing <laughs> apart your shit? He was laughing at me. He was just like, uh, I, you know, like he had seen this before. And I'm just like, dude, I've never gone at it eight times in five hours. So it was one of those things where <sighs> careful what you wish for. It also makes you crazy. Um, mm-hmm. Also, maybe my skin down there is just sensitive. So fish, be careful. Maybe Did my skin. What do you... Oh, Jesus. Did you use lube? No. All that there you yeah. go. Yeah. And nobody we are, uses lube. We already know that he doesn't use condoms, so it's not like Nobody he in Great Falls you know, uses lube. Why would you clearly mm-hmm. nobody uses anything in Great Falls <laughs> except their bareback penis because mm-hmm. all the single well, women who have children around here. That's but, true. I, I was one of those people using my bareback uh-huh. penis. <laughs> Fuck. You know any women like Where to use a condom, people? Uh uh you know, but yeah. think about like, Use a condom. Shit. Protect your pee hole. I don't think I don't think lube is that common because the you get natural lubrication from the vagina. It dries out if you're fucking for more than like 15 then minutes, you, though. No. You don't go half an hour. Well, I mean, that doesn't do. work. You stop yeah. whenever it dries out. No, if you want to keep going, then you use lube. That's, well, that doesn't seem very It nice. says something about his sex life. No, I've talked to women, and they like a nice session, and when they dry out, you, you take a break and go for another session later. Yeah. Let it rejuvenate. Just, That's my just philosophy. Just get him a glass of water. <laughs> these are the... Oh, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you're referencing, Morgan, are the same women no, who's had, had their vaginas destroyed by having children. Oh, I'm telling you my God. that I respectfully disagree with this take. <laughs> let's, let's move on. Okay. This is not gaming-related uh, well, at all. I mean, my, the point is, a lot of people... 
<laughs> the idea of being so transfixed by beauty is interesting to me because I think people get in situations where they stay in relationships longer than they should because of that, the wrong thing, you know? Um, Clearly this relationship would never work because one of us would want to use lube and the other wouldn't. <laughs> Fish never made me use lube. Fish doesn't even know how to use his penis. That's not true. No, that's not true. You know how to use it. We were on your couch, our tears. Your socks. <laughs> Is that a played out joke using our tears as lubricant? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's one more for you. Just throw it in the hat. Uh, throw it in the sock. <laughs> <laughs> With my pumpkin uh, seeds. When it yes, happens to yes. you, fish, one day I want you to call me and be like, Morgan, it happened. It happened to me. Oh, when he saw a woman so beautiful that yeah. time stood still? Yeah. yeah. And you say something to that woman. Even if she says she's married, you say, that's great. Have a nice day. You don't let that opportunity slip through your finger. That is what jo Morgan and I almost said Jordan. Morgan and I can agree. Hey, Jordan. Morgan and I can agree on is that. Mm-hmm. Like a moth to the flame. Oh, I want to be around you. Um, day one purchase for Sekiro. This is weird. 61% of our audience said it depends on the reviews. And then 39% said yes, which surprised me because I figured that there was a hardcore fan base enough for that. Or maybe, you know, everyone could vote. I wanted to make it more interesting than are you going to buy Sekiro, or Sekiro right? Mm -hmm. So I thought this would appeal more to the people that had interest. Um, I, th I think that kind of speaks to one of, one of the users users um and listeners was saying earlier about how the genre is kind of a little bit played out you know i think like people still go back and play bloodborne now in dark souls 3 and they've been remastering they just remastered yeah. dark souls 1 and so like this yeah the remaster of dark souls saturated one right now great because they fixed that game was probably the best in the series but they fixed a lot of the frame rate issues that it had because like it wasn't the most optimized thing that they made because they were they were going for such a huge world and you'd get into spots where it would just start to chug so yeah it's that remaster is really nice going through it's been it's nice it's just like mm -hmm. it feels like it's a little bit saturated right now so i can yeah. see where the listener response is that it's true Mm -hmm. I got a, a funny live thing that's going to happen right now um, while we talk about this last thing. Have any, Has anybody here seen, this is the last poll, and then we can, any, any random bullshit you guys want to throw at the end is fine. Uh, it's been a fun show. Good time. Yeah. So it's always exciting. Good conversation. Um, have anybody here seen Fantastic Beasts? The follow The two? new one? No. Yeah, the new one. No, not, no. no. I haven't seen the new one yet. Did you see the first one? Yeah. Yeah, we actually, actually. I just got the collection with like all the Harry Potter movies and um, the first Fantastic Badger. Beasts because my daughter is going through those books right now. So we're, mm. uh, yeah, kind of reading the book I and was... then watching the movie, which is making me realize exactly how bad those movies were. Um, <laughs> I mean, the first, mm. the first two movies for their time were done really well. They were, I mean, granted... Granted, the uh, the books were like 300 pages long, so how are you going to fuck yeah. up a two-and-a-half-hour yeah. movie off it, of 300 pages? They did a really good job. Yeah. But once you get to... Once you get to Goblet of Fire? The movie was so-so. When you get to the fourth movie, it's clear that they... Yeah. Oh, went my off the God. Goblet bit. of Fire is just... It's That's literally incomprehensible if you haven't read the book first. Like... Yeah, and the... It's the, and this incomprehensible as a movie. Goblet of Fire. Yeah. Goblet of Fire was one, in my opinion, 
one of the top two best books. That's because all the schools were coming in, right? And they had that mm-hmm. big competition. Right. Yeah. It was so cool. Yeah, it was, like, it was a huge book. There's a ton of stuff going on. And they devote like five minutes to like introducing mm-hmm. the schools in their ridiculous like musical number intros or whatever the fuck that. Like they were pressed for time in that movie and then they decided they on the to focus things. on all the wrong parts. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of the biggest things in that book that I remember um, that wasn't in the movie and I'll never forget this is the giant spider in the maze. Mm-hmm. And that would have been such a cool CGI moment at the time. Yeah. And they just didn't include it in there. And oh. um, I think that was a huge missed opportunity. That's one of many things. Yeah. But that's the, that's the biggest. Um, they did at least keep the guy that turned into a shark, which I appreciated. <laughs> this is live on podcast fish. While we talk about this, he's doing sawmill thrill Shay for the first time. I'm thrown into sawmill thrill mm. on the switch. Sure, I'm sure our listeners love the uh, no video. Portion. No, no, it's just I'm gonna keep talking, but um, <laughs> it's just for for referendum. But um, so here's yeah, the thing: the, the word fantastic you're beast. For. <laughs> what the word? What am I looking? Reference. For? Oh. Referendum doesn't work for that. No, not so much. Um, the interesting thing I think about a lot of our audience was not too hot on the Fantastic Beast, which surprised me because one, I I was only like tepid on Harry Potter, but. The cool thing about Fantastic Beasts was that it's the main character is like basically a magical zoologist, which I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And they're basically building out a little bit more of an adult style Harry Potter. And but just they never lose fact, just, uh, lose sight of the fact that the main character is kind of this awkward, um, nerdy sort of antisocial guy who just yeah. loves animals. Like there's this, there's this. Cool yeah, he's line a, he's a like, hero that you don't see a lot in movies, which I I thought was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I mean, maybe it's just specific to the most recent movie. I don't know. I, it's not perfect. I feel like they rushed through some stuff, but I, I enjoyed it. And I was surprised that our audience did not seem as on board there. Uh, my wife is a huge Harry Potter fan, and she points out all sorts of crazy stuff like, oh, Ninge-, like, well, some of it's obvious. Well, I shouldn't ruin that if you haven't seen it. But there's they there's a lot of things if you're a Harry Potter fan that they call back mm-hmm. uh, in the same way that these Donkey Kong games call back for, for your boy. So yeah. I don't know. I really, I really enjoy it. Did you like the first one, Josh? Fantastic Beast. Yeah, kind of, kind of what I was getting at there. Like it's, it's neat having a hero who. I mean, it's not like explicitly said, but kind of seems like he's on the autism spect- spectrum. Like he just, like, it, 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 it's, he's a really cool protagonist. Um, as far as just something you you don't see very yeah, often. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and it, it makes them very endearing, I think. Mm-hmm. And just, like, how they focus around animals is interesting. Like, yeah. they fu- they still find a way to keep that a part of the film without losing track of the story, like his his little, like, zoo he has, you know? Yeah. It's, it's cool. I think it makes him a very... I like it, and I wish I could find out why people were not as into it, so... Critics didn't seem that into it either. Um, nope. Oh, there's banging on the door. I guess that means it's almost time. Uh, Shay's flying through sawmill thrill here, fish. He's flying. Almost too easy. Oh, this part's going to get him. So the big <laughs> saw comes down, and you have to jump on those uh, platforms. Oh, where the platforms come yeah, out. Yeah, where the saw makes from the, the platforms. That's so yeah. good. good I stuff. like that. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. It's difficult, though, too. It's really cool. He just got sawed. You've been sawed. Uh, anyways. It's been a lot of fun. I'm glad Shay's here. We're going to have some more antics, hopefully, some more streams, play some games. Um, Definitely. Good time. Good time. Fun show. 
I think that should wrap it up there. So Josh doesn't have too much to edit. Um, thanks for joining us. As usual, you can support us on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash swordchomp. Our side podcast, just search In the Blood or Evoking the Sublime, wherever you download podcasts for me and Shay's side content. And, of course, check out our at swordchomp Instagram page for all sorts of wonderful goodies. That VIP page, ever alluring for the hardcore. Um, been fun. Love doing it. Great conversation, guys. That's going to do it. Let's wrap it up. We'll be back next week with an all-new Chomp. Yeah.